Welcome to the Black Hat Chat podcast with Lee Johnson and Reverend Kai, a weekly show about living as a modern crafter where two witches discuss a variety of topics concerning magic and witchcraft. You can also catch us live on Fridays on YouTube. The links are in the description of the podcast or in the about section. So grab yourself a cup of coffee or tea and let's begin. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and good night, good people around the world. This is the Black Hat Chat live show with Rev Kai and myself, Lee W. Johnson, two witches that get together around the kitchen table, so to speak, and talk about magic and witchcraft every Friday. And if you have not checked out our link tree, link, link tree in the description, please do so. It will find all of our links. We are on uh, Discord server and Facebook as the Wildwood Temple. We, it's just a gathering of people interested in the same topics. And you'll also find our supporter channels, Patreon and Kofi, in there. Uh, we can get our What's on the Telly twice a month reviews and other ramblings, as we do. And uh, if you, in, in the live chat, if you have it, if it says top chat, just change it to live chat because um, it does filter out some of the, uh, supposed to filter out spam, but it seems to filter out other people's stuff as well. Yeah, yeah. Always switch it to live chat. Yeah. And hello to Richard, Yolandi, Lady Capera, Ortus, and just Yana. How are you all hello. doing today? All right. Oh, um, last time I checked the Color of Magic when the poll so i'll be putting that tomorrow on this channel um and i suppose we should do the next one but we're not going to announce it because we can't remember what they are so we'll just make a poll okay <laughs> i can look it up okay guy's gonna look it up <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm just gonna look look pretty spirited away and warlock are the ones oh, after yeah, the color of magic and strange angel all right well i know what i'd vote for there <laughs> yeah me too but but who knows our audience uh may like to see us be uh rather flustered <laughs> about the warlock movies to put it yeah. politely uh <laughs> sometimes the that is quite fun. Yes. Sometimes the bad movies have much more entertaining reviews than the good <laughs> movies where we're just like, we love it. It's great. Watch it. You know, yeah. uh, the bad movies are, let me tell you about this scene. And oh my God, why did they do this? Why? <laughs> and your, fa your favorite thing, they have zips. Right. Yeah. Right. It's the 18th century. There are no zippers. Stop it. <laughs> <laughs> Or even worse, it's like Paleolithic times and they're, you know, uh, saber-toothed tiger cub necklace has a zipper on the back of it or some shit. No. <laughs> Gotta have zippers. It's easier to get it on and off. At least so in Velocipaster, it was safety pins. It was something mm. different. 
Lady Cabrera said watching the very first episode of Moon Knight with my boyfriend last night, all on Egyptian mythology. I have not heard of Moon Knight. I'm going to have to go look for that. Yeah, I'll have to look that up. And Autis said, uh, wait, the Warlock movie where they time travel to the 80s. Yep. That one. Yep. Three, all three of them. <laughs> all three of them uh, we reviewed for March. <laughs> all in one thing, because we didn't want to drag it out. <laughs> yes. And we did. Yeah, Richard said, Richard said, I watched Warlock as a kid so bad. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And we did oh, our best. best. Friend, not boyfriend, sorry. <laughs> we did our best to try to actually find um, practical, magical tips <laughs> out of the Warlock movies. No. We do that with everything we review. If you haven't seen our What's on the Telly, we try to. We don't always succeed. We'll try yes. to. <laughs> the Aussie Custer was still the best. Uh, yeah. There wasn't a lot of practical yeah. tips in there. Except maybe yeah, about true. how to make costumes. <laughs> 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 and not in the this is how you do it way, but this is definitely how you don't do it. <laughs> yep, absolutely. Um, Alter says, I love those movies. I've never watched the third one, but I have it somewhere on DVD. The yeah. third one is probably the better one. The second one was bloody awful. <laughs> anyway. The third yeah. one is actually veering into like horror show kind of mm. feeling. Just because different actors, different director, it's got more of that vibe. But yeah, the first couple are. Mm. But the 80s were like that. You know, movies were like that. Anyways, yeah, yeah as you said. With their, with their awful, colorful, plastic, runestone thingies. Yes. Oh. You want to hear all anyway. of our takes? You can see them no. all okay. on yes. Patreon and Kofi. <laughs> <laughs> all of our crazy yeah. ass takes, yeah. <laughs> go, spend, go spend $3 over there, you'll get all the weird stuff. Mm -hmm. um, Waste Yellow. Hello, Waste Yellow. Uh, Moon Knight is worth a look. Okay. Cool. Definitely going to watch yeah. Moon Knight. Look that up. Wait, wait. I have to make a note because I have a bad brain. <sighs> yeah, mine goes Moon Knight. Over here on the computer. Uh, let's see. Lady Clara, Warlock with Julia Sands. Yes, yes. The yes. The first two with Julian Sands. Mm. Yeah, the third one's completely different. Um, Autis said we all should try the Warlock uh, Sega Genesis game for back in the day. There's a good laugh or something terrible. Mm, okay. <laughs> yeah, wow. Gonna have to look that up too, because that sounds terrible. Because yeah. we had a good laugh or something terrible when we were doing the review of the movies. <laughs> Definitely. Definitely. Mm. All right. So, seeing this is a blackout chat and not what's on, not what's on the telly, um, Today we are talking about astral temples. All right. Um, I guess the obvious place to start with astral temples is why would you do them? Simply I would say, brilliant. what are they? It's a place to start. Yeah. I like why, because then, you know. You get excited about of, it? Yeah, I do. Because I think a lot of people have space problems at the moment. I have a space problem. Mm. Um, I mean, the places I used to stay in previously, I 
I had an, a room to make a temple room, but now I don't. Mm-hmm. So to have an astral temple where I can go to and just create all this stuff is just fantastic. True, true. Um, yeah, I currently live in a house that has altars everywhere, uh, tucked in every corner and everything. So I don't use my temple that much in that way, but I did a lot when I lived in an apartment. Mm. And had little kids that got into everything. So, you know, um, but I still, I still use my astral temple for certain kinds of magic that just work better there and mm. meditation, lots of journey work, lots of dream work, um, lots of healing, lots and lots of healing the way mine is set up. But yeah. so yeah, the uses are, are many and endless i'm curious how many of you watching have astral temples that you use um or yeah how many of you have astral temples and use them and how long have you been doing that i've actually found because i I did a show uh a while well a a video tuesday video a while back on astral temples and it was when i because i created the course so I did one for that, and I found that there is not, in fact, I can't even say not a lot of information out there on astral temples. There's nothing. Um, the usual info, I went, I just did a general search, um, like anybody would do to try and find what I could find. Mm-hmm. And there were two websites that said exactly the same thing, which wasn't very informative. And there was a book, which wasn't very informative. Um, hmm. I say I'm sure I've read about it in books, especially back in the I, day. I think it's actually kind of hidden. It's not obvious. I mean, mm. you find it, you know, people work with it in Golden Dawn. Um, but the method they use doesn't it doesn't really um point to astral temple itself. Just it's more like more path working. Of, yeah. It's new every time instead of a place that you return to. Yeah, kind of. I'm trying to think, like, we were conversant with Astral Temples before the coven we were in together. Yeah. People spoke about it quite a lot, but they don't anymore. Yeah. And maybe its terms have changed. I mean, Mm. you know, I was learning the craft before the internet was really... um, readily available there were chat rooms there were bbs's that sort of thing but it wasn't the world wide web with wonderful coding and everything else so most of my study was books and face-to-face conversations Mm. um whereas today like you said the first place i would go is a search you know i would i would go put in keywords and see what i could find and read in short form instead of going to a book because our, our the way we use information has changed but just thinking back lots and lots of the early books that i read that were like you know so you want to be a witch pick up this book kind of thing had a chapter on astral temples yeah it was usually. just one of those things you need to learn how to use herbs you got to figure out how to make tools you need to figure out how to create sacred space and invoke deity and you need an astral temple and a meditation practice 
you know, it, there's mm. your checklist for early being a witch. So I'm kind of surprised that you went to search for it and really didn't come up no, with no, much. Everybody I've spoken to has been, they just cannot find information on it. It just, I think it, it, it does boil down to the fact that people just aren't talking about it like they used to. Yeah. And it's a very, very necessary part. That makes me think that it's probably got a new term and we're just the old fuddy duddies who still use the term astral temple. I don't know. <laughs> there was um, something on TikTok um, became quite a fad. And I cannot remember the term they used, but it was it was all the younguns and they were taking these trips or journeys to like Harry Potter, mm. um, speaking to Malfoy and things like that. Yeah. But it was the same place every time. So it was very much like an astral temple. Yeah. But they refused to call it anything like astral astral journeying or path working or anything like that. It had a specific name and it wasn't related. <clears throat> I cannot remember what it's called now. Yeah, well, times change, language change. And, mm. you know, each generation markedly changes the language um, as part of the process of differentiating the self that happens when language is the most active in those teen years, that separation mm. of identification. So it's always fascinating to watch how each new generation or group of people relanguages the same concepts. And by doing that, they have a different way to relate to it. They have a different take on it. They emphasize different things that are more important, depending upon all the other stuff that's going on at the time for that generation. So um, I know a lot of people talk about, you know, being out of touch with the lingo, at least people my age. You know, what are the kids saying these days? And I find it absolutely fascinating. I always love to talk to the younger kids, especially the people that are in those teenage years and are on the forefront of that evolving language. And I'm always, you know, just absolutely fascinated how uh, the language changes and morphs and how they communicate things and how they they redefine concepts. I, I think it's amazing. So now my gears are turning what is the astral temple that's current that we obviously don't know? Because I can't imagine that such a cornerstone piece of a magical practice is not still happening. Yeah. You know, it, it's yeah. so vital to a good magical practice that I wouldn't think it just dropped off. Had to mm. be replaced by something else that serves the same function or is being languaged differently. Yeah. Well, let's ask anybody who um, follows me. Did you hear about astral temples before I mentioned it on my channel? Mm, that's a good question. Um, let's go over to the chat quick. Yolanda says still looking for my key. Um, oh, Walter said nope. <laughs> Richard Gardner, um, I have my own headspace. I go into, but probably not the same thing. It might it be. It can be. Yeah. Yeah. It might be. I mean, you can create a whole temple in your head. And, and I know, I always say when you go to enter your temple, um, 
Okay, well, that doesn't look like a very serious person. Remove. Um, right, well, no, when I go into Master Temple, also I go inward and that's into your head or into your body, or yeah, you're going inward, it's like an inner temple. I astral project and go outward because I first started doing it by doing the astral project into a painting thing mm. that technique and so um, even though I don't use the physical image anymore I still that's my my autopilot technique is get out of my body walk over to where the painting should be on my wall i've moved house three times since then i still walk to the same spot and now the painting is there astrally and go into the mm. painting and that's my entrance um to get into the the woods that then lead to the cave that is my astral temple <laughs> yeah. i like i like a long father. journey mm. of the hog father Remember in the Hogfather, she went into the painting to get to the um, castle of the of the oh, yeah, yeah. Mm. Um, see you later. Clara said had a strange dream this morning. Dreamt I was speaking to another woman, and she was wearing the same Pazuzu charm that I wear. Maybe it was you. Yeah. Um, said hello, hello, Galilea, and nope. I'm assuming that's in response to have you heard of astral temples before? Yeah. Um, yeah, Lady Capera, you ought to join us on Discord. We have a dream circle where we talk about our dreams. Yeah. Yeah. Just uh, give us a shout if you want to join the dream circle on the Discord because mm -hmm. um, will add, and then Kai will add you. Um, you know, you said I only heard of astral temples from you. Uh, I haven't tried to make an astral temple, but my room is kind of my temple. <clears throat> Yeah. Uh, Mega Autus, nope for do I use natural temple and also hadn't heard of them before you brought up brought them up, Lee. Yeah, there's a lot of people who haven't even doesn't even cross their path. So an astral temple is a space on the astral or in meditation where you can just repeatedly go. And mm -hmm. you shape the environment to be what you need. And usually the term temple includes the idea that it is a space for work, uh, offerings, magic, meditation, spell work, that sort of thing. Uh, most people mm. have an altar somehow in their astral temple. Um, and that can be anything from a small table to like, you know, a giant temple complex because it's the astral. You can do what you want with it. <laughs> mm. No, I mean, in mine, I actually have an anteroom that I enter and then I've got doors and the doors go to different things, mm -hmm. different places. My, my cave, on, on what tool. Yeah. my cave has um, a whole bunch of doors in it that go different mm. places and a Howl's Moving Castle door that I installed after watching Howl's Moving Castle. Yes. <laughs> So if you haven't seen that movie, go watch it after mm. this show. Not right now. Um, but um, he has a door 
and it's the same door in his castle and it has a little dial that turns to four different colors and he moves the dial and it and then the door opens to different places uh, and he's got them tied to like magical shops where he works and then one that is like a magical space it's a black void so yeah go watch that would, be, Castle. that would actually be the perfect door for shamanic journeying into the different worlds just turn the dial to go to the upper world, turn yep. it to go to the lower world. Yeah. Yes, I'm definitely installing one of those. Yep. Well, I have a <clears> door <throat> that goes to the tree. Mm. You know, the tree, the world tree, Yggdrasil, uh, whatever you want to call it. And then I go up and down the tree. Up and down, wherever you want to go, yeah. Yeah. It's actually like the biggest door in my temple. It's <laughs> the main one great big mm. space you know but like <laughs> i have other doors i have a door labeled sleep because i used to be an insomniac and that was one of the things i read somewhere i don't know where the hell i read it about astral working and astral temples if you have trouble sleeping put in a room for sleep and the idea is that once you walk through that door you are asleep i have no idea what's in that room because <laughs> mm. <laughs> i walk through the door and then i am asleep well, it's his function. Yeah, yeah. Mm. So there's a lot of things you can do with an astral temple. A lot of things you can do with an astral temple. Um, your imagine. Um, just, Go ahead. Just, Yana asked, uh, is it possible to put a person in your astral temple? I lost my boyfriend yesterday, and I miss him so much. Don't do that. No. Uh, that's not a good idea. I, I understand pain and missing someone, um, but putting a person in there is going to create some weird, weird ties and unnatural things and magically bad relationships. And it won't result in healing and it won't actually um, help you deal with the loss and the missing someone and that sort of thing. Uh, so that's, that's not a, a safe practice. Your astral temple you should not be putting other people in there. Um, we will talk about community astral temples and being able to work with other people on the astral in communal mm. spaces, but that's not the same as putting someone there. So no, you can yeah. go in your astral temple and scream and cry and, you know, talk to divinity or ancestors or guides about what's going on and how you feel, but don't bring another person there, especially without their participation and consent mm. yeah i was going to say i mean the, the astral temple is very much your personal space you shouldn't have anybody in there um but you can create rooms and areas in your temple to deal with um particular healings yeah yeah so uh, you know try that uh richard asked so rev kai would you say a mirror or painting would help for creating a gate to your own temple yeah it works wonderfully um mm. it comes from path working techniques uh, which would be going into tarot cards to explore the understanding of the meaning of that path on the tree of life uh, through that tarot card association and so the astral temple technique is uh just the same thing you just pick uh, an image that you like that will be your gateway that will be your door to it um, 
that's one of the reasons all of our stuff is covered in all of these foresty pictures <laughs> and all of these paths <laughs> through the forest and why we call our online space the wildwood temple uh, <laughs> the coven lee and i were in we still lived on opposite sides of the world and we spent a large part of our time working in a communal astral temple and so we've both got that kind of aesthetic, I guess. I don't know, feeling about things. Yeah. Um, we built a website together at one point where we basically created an open communal space that was a town populated with all of these entities, which I would not recommend uh, because something shows up to run the puppet if you're not paying attention. <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, but, you know, those pictures, I think they work wonderfully, absolutely wonderfully. Mm -hmm. They can be a real help, um, to get into that mode to, especially if you're not a heavy visualizer, a lot of the stuff about astral temples is written for people who are extremely visual and extremely imaginative. And if that's not your thing, you can still have an astral temple. Find other ways to do it. Um, I know one person who has a Fantasia, which is where they don't see images in their head. That's not part of their process. So they have basically created like a mood board for their astral temple. So they have external pictures for all of these places so that they can use them. And most of them are stills from movies because they want that whole scene of the movie. They want that mm. whole feeling, you know, since they don't visualize it. But other people have astral temples built on song, sound, built on smell, and even, you know, built on words. If you're really a, um, a word narrative processor type of person, use a guided meditation to get you there and do what you want. You can record your own. I mean, nowadays we even have cell phones that always have voice memos and such like on them. Record your own, own meditation. Play it back to yourself, mm. you know. Yeah, and mirrors as well. I mean, mirrors have been known as for use as portals for mm. yeah. centuries. In fact, many years ago, I was um, part of a left-hand path order. And I can't remember if it was in the first degree or the second degree. Um, one of the things we had to do was take a, a huge mirror, um, you know, life-size mirror, so we could see our entire body, stand in front of it and actually step into it and use it mm. as a portal. Yeah. Um, so mirrors are, mirrors are great. Yeah, mirrors are great. Mm. To enter the other world. But, yeah, however you want to set that up. Um, I've also done it with screensavers. Uh, I don't know. Screensavers were big when the internet was new. <laughs> and there, you know, you could download all the fancy screensavers. And I love the one that was the stars, lights rushing by, like driving in Star Wars. Yeah. And I, I used to astral project into that. Um, mm. Super cool. Super fun. Goes zooming around mm. the universe. So. Actually, that, that order I was speaking about, there was um, somebody in there. I was sort of training along with them and she got to the point where 
um, whenever she turned her computer off and her screen went black, she just fell into it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So even your, I mean, your phone, when, when nothing's on the screen, you can use your phone. Yeah. I have definitely used that as a black scrying mirror many mm. times. Oh. The problem is if you're using mirrors as portals, the best thing to do is cover them when you're not in, they're not in use. Yeah. Which is a bit difficult with your phone or your computer screen. So, you know, try and avoid that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's be cautious of what triggers you build in because they're mm. very handy. They're useful tools. Just be cautious of what they are. And if you have control over them, <laughs> if you can actually, you know, control when they happen, that sort of thing. Mm. Um, Galileus asked, um, I had a dream today of a big tsunami. Does that mean anything? Because in my family, I having a dream about bad waters, like a tsunami means something bad's going to happen. But what does it mean to you? doesn't matter what it means to us it means matters what it means to you it's your personal and cultural interpretation yeah ours will be completely different to yours dreams are not yeah. a universal language they are a personal language mm. i mean every now and again somebody will tell me a dream and I'll, I'll pick things out and say i think this is possibly that but not always and it's not always doesn't always resonate with them because yeah. they have a different interpretation yeah um my favorite example there was also always um i think it came from cunningham actually his book on dreams um if two people uh, dream of divorce sorry of marriage of marriage two people dream of marriage which is usually a happy event um but one person has just gotten happily married and the other person has just been through a really bad divorce they are going to have completely different interpretations of what that right. dream is right yeah yeah so but I will say that, um, you know, fate is not set. It is malleable. A lot of times the impressions we get, if we pick up on them through divination or dreams or whatever, um, it's a big enough emotion that uh, we can pick up on it. And so we can have time to do something about it. Um, mm -hmm. Even if that doing something about it is just preparing, you know, uh, not necessarily always avoiding because sometimes that's not an option uh, but you know whether it's mentally or physically preparing for what's about to come warning is a bit nice mm. you know you can navigate your way around it you know, and sorry we couldn't help with that it's just one of those things I mean a lot of people go to dream dictionaries and mm -hmm. check google and everything else and it really is a very very personal it can often be a very personal thing yeah i mean um like i mentioned earlier we have a dream circle in the wildwood temple on discord and you're welcome to join and talk about it you know mm. um but it's not in a um not a universal dream dictionary it's more talking through things uh with people who understand that dream languages happen to us that they're important um, so you can talk it through with people, uh, but so yeah. I just want to just want to get into something. James Jones um, said to Justiana, "Do you have to wait until the target is sleeping, especially if you want to bind them to your astral temple?" Um, James, what you're talking about there is actually extremely dangerous to the person you're targeting. 
and yourself. And yourself. Um, this particular work that I do for healing, which does very similar thing. But if you don't do it properly, you can end up completely screwing the person up um, because you do not disconnect from them and all of your emotions, all of your physical sensations, everything they start to feel, which is kind of bad for them and you. And and vice versa sometimes. Mm. So, yeah. yeah. So we don't, we, don't, we don't say don't do these things because we think it's not a good thing for a beginner or something like that. We say don't do these things because we don't like to fuck with people's lives. Seriously. It's just really that. Um, uh, James said that's why I replied to try and get you to talk about it. Okay, fine. Um, all right, so let's go back up to the people's library. Do you guys have any simple exercise or tip to get better at visualization? Um, yeah, well, visualization exercises themselves. Um, draw. Draw, yeah, that's a good one. That's a good one. Um, just like journaling helps you get better at recall, drawing helps you get better at uh, visualization. Um, mm. But not everybody's brain works the same. Not everybody's mind works the same. There are three main modes of thought that humans have. One is visualization, one is narrative or word-based, and one is spatial or relational. Not everybody mm. gets all three, and not everybody gets um, an even proportion. It's like a roll of the dice in each category. So um, especially in a lot of beginning magical instruction, almost all meditation is focused around visualize this, visualize that, visualize this, visualize that. And if you are not a person who already visualizes, um, that can really be difficult to access. You know, it gets, it, it gets very frustrating. So mm. I, I suggest figuring out which mode of thought is the easiest for you of those three and working through that method at first. And if you want to work through other methods, once you've figured out how meditation and astral projection and all of these things feel, awesome. Go for it. Um, but realize that you may be trying to access a method that your uh, brain just can't get into because it's just, we're all made different. You know, uh, we all have these different stories. So, but if you, if you just want to improve your visualization skills, draw and listen to guided meditations that are focused on visual images, descriptive things. Tolkien, is an extremely narrative descriptive uh, kind of stuff. So, you know, you can go listen to the eight pages of, of Bombadil's tree um, description mm -hmm. in there and then draw it, those sorts of things. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I, well, I've never been much of a visualizer. I don't, uh, I don't, vis I, if I sit down and I try and visualize an apple, I can't really do it, it's not that easy. Um, tell me a story, I can visualize the whole thing. Um, if I'm working in my astral temple, um, I can see things very clearly. Completely different. I think it depends on very much on the um, same thing with meditation. If you are distracted, if your mind is distracted or not. 
So if you've got too much input, can't actually bring yourself into that space where you are properly visualizing. Yeah, I have a lot of visualization. Always had a very um, easy time visualizing things, but I have no inner narrative. Um, mm. If I want to say something, I have to say it out loud or write it down. Uh, I've talked mm. with my husband before. I get frustrated in conversations with him because he pauses a long time, but he's going over words in his head because he has an inner narrative and he's listening to mm. how they sound. And, you know, I don't have that. So I don't relate to stories um, in meditations. I, I They don't do it for me, but give me pictures and I'm great. So, mm. you know, it's all about uh, what works and what clicks for you. And I do think there is a downfall in how we teach meditation early on is that it's all visually focused. Mm -hmm. And I don't think that's helpful because not everyone is visually focused. Yeah. Um, let's see, Galileo search. Oh, I, I did what you recommended me rev to journal my schedules. Good stuff. Good. Yes. Journals are important. Very important. I, <laughs> I don't keep up as well as I would like to, but some is better than none. Mm. And building a habit takes time. And especially once you're old, <laughs> the older we get, the harder it is to build new habits, the less um, plasticity our minds have and that sort of thing. But it is absolutely mm. worth it to journal. Absolutely worth it. Because, I mean... In the study of magic, the greatest tool you have is yourself. And if you want to use that tool, you're going to need a journal. And mm -hmm. that journal can take so many forms, so many forms. It can be a sketchbook full of drawings. It can be, you know, a classic today, the weather was this and I felt like this and writing. It can be uh, voice recordings. It can be a vlog kind of thing. Um, you know, there's a lot of different forms it could take. It doesn't have to be classic Dear Diary kind of entries. Mm. Yeah, you can do scrapbooking. Mm, yeah. Yep. Uh, see over here. Um, uh, Richard said uh, you'll most likely buy in another entity, not the person you want to. James, okay, there's a conversation going on here. Um, and I kind of agree. Um, there are a lot of people doing some crazy, risky stuff out there, and I think it's because of the lack of education and they just go ahead and do things without thinking it through, not realizing what the consequences might, might be. So that's why it's important to ask questions. Yeah. Yeah. I generally, I encourage experimentation, but I also encourage learn from the mistakes of others if you possibly can. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We have made the mistakes. You're going to make yeah. the mistakes yourself as well. That's oh, yeah, learning, absolutely. You no, know, forewarned is forearmed. I, I, amongst my friends, there is a phrase, but did you die? <laughs> right? When something bad happens. And I always yeah, rally it, against it, it because that's like the biggest mistake you can make. Right? Mm -hmm. What do you learn after you die? How do you correct for that? <laughs> so in magic when we're like don't do the thing <laughs> don't do that it's yeah. like that there's not a lot of coming back from it um 
-hmm. or if there is it's it's not worth it it's 20 30 40 years worth of work kind of thing mm -hmm. to fix your mistake mm -hmm. um so make the little mistakes and try to learn from others not to make the big mistakes yeah the dying mistakes <laughs> yeah um james said i did uh, lbrp in my temple astral temple last night well, at least you used to use an Astral Temple, you know what it is. As we were saying earlier, I don't know if you were here, but not many people have heard of Astral Temples lately. And it's uh, actually quite sad. Um, yeah, so one person, one person already has an Astral Temple and works in it. Yep. Wait, there was something from... I missed, I've missed something up here. Are you going out I of order? Did. did you turn it on live chat? I did. I did. I did. <laughs> No, sometimes I, I think I did, or YouTube refreshes or something, and I look back and I'm like, oh no, I didn't even know anybody said anything. <laughs> Lee's reading these comments. What? <laughs> I'm so lost. I'm sure. Oh, there it was. So here's a funny story from Galilea. Um, I made an astral temple without knowing it, and now I realized about it. Yep. Oh. Yeah. We are, I mean, we have, you know, people who daydream. And they just go into these spaces, which they just create. Mm -hmm. That is creating an astral temple. So, yeah. You know. So there's some different theories about how to access an astral temple. Uh, Yolande mentioned looking for a key. So mm. um, there's some theory that you have to find a key first to unlock an astral temple that already exists within you. That's my theory. Um, there are theories that <laughs> I, you can I just build whatever you want it's my theory mm. however you want whenever you want and then there's other things like you fall into a pocket dimension kind of stuff and that becomes your astral temple if you can get back there mm. um so there's a lot of different ways to do that uh, i have read the you have to find a key thing and i've never found a key I never think anything I like that I know it's not necessary, but I do find um, if you have a key, then I think it becomes more of a, a safe space because you have to use the key to open the door to enter the temple and then you close the door. Anybody who does not have the key cannot enter. So it becomes almost like a protective space and you know that. It might just be a psychological thing. Yeah. Well. Um, but being in that space that you know is protected, then you feel safer in there. I have keys built into various points along the journey in my astral temple, but I didn't find them. Mm -hmm. I made them. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it, it depends on how you want to use it. And keys in my instance are a wide variety of things. Um, mm -hmm. Sigils, handprints, um, songs, rhythms, smells. You know, it's not just like a physical key that I visualize all the time. Yeah, it's something to unlock something else. Mm -hmm. And that can't be anything. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Can I try and catch up with the chat over here? Uh, I've lost. I've lost it. I've lost it. Um, oh, it's uh, James. Right. Oh, Galileo said, "I'm trying as much, trying as much as I can to journal." but I get bored and forget about it. I do as well. Don't oh, worry. yeah. Same. Just have to keep trying. 
Um, yeah. James said it's truly, and they treat deities like Baal and Lucifer like it's not serious. Yeah, I know, it's a bit of a problem. And Galileo loves the phrase, but did you die? <laughs> uh, People's Library, some young practitioners use open world video games as a variation of an astral temple. Any thoughts on that? Yeah. Yes. Um, and VR, um, I guess that would be the open world video games. Uh, VR where people go into a space and interact with other people. Mm-hmm. It's very yeah. much like an astral temple. Um, I, I have some magician friends who are having a, a very good practice augmented by virtual reality uh, mm-hmm. and having astral temple spaces and that sort of thing. So if that's your thing, absolutely that's that's a very accessible way to do that um the thing i would worry about is um accessibility for other people entities that sort of thing and um limitations you know Mm. um when my son was young he built basically an astral temple um in minecraft and it was his own inner temple that he was visualizing and building and uh, he connected to it very very deeply and then invited some friends into his game who destroyed that temple and had some serious magically linked health problems for a while Mm. so you know there's things to be cautious of there there's absolutely ways to heal from that and protect from that but just you know consider all those options kind of thing no should we take a quick break and then we'll come back to the rest of the questions oh my sure we have been just gabbing away here haven't we yeah i know For that's good minutes again. that's great <laughs> great great all right we'll be, be a few minutes um check out the links if you haven't joined the discord server or the temple or the facebook group mm. go check out our subscribe our supporter channels there we go We'll be back now. Welcome back to the Blackout Chat. And today we are talking about astral temples. Um, I'm going to go straight back into the comments. Excuse me. (laughs) Um, James said, uh, altering your heart was another great term I read for... It's basically an astral temple. Yeah, because you're going in inwards. Yeah. Um, I, remember, I remember saying it was years ago on Yahoo group still. Um, somebody was asking about how to create an altar. And I said, you've already got it. It's in your heart. Mm. <laughs> so poetic. <You're> being zen. <laughs> so poetic. Oh, no. Um... James said uh, maybe a meditation on keys would be a good idea. Yeah. For what, though? What, what particular purpose? Sorry, I've lost you there. Mm-hmm. And Otto said, I had a dream the other day where I found a key. Now you guys are talking about keys. Hmm. Woke up panicky and wanting to scream. <laughs> it's an odd reaction to finding a key. Yeah, depends what the key opened, I suppose. So I guess we should talk about keys. I did mention that they're not necessarily like a physical key. 
Um, mm. But sometimes, especially in things like journey work or questing or dreams, that's what it'll come to you as because, it, you know, symbolic language, uh, but not always. Um, and sometimes if you find a key, dreaming, journey work, questing, then you have to find what it unlocks because <laughs> it's not always <laughs> your personal astral temple or a space you necessarily want to go. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> yeah some, sometimes you find a key somewhere that you have to go, but you don't want to. Yeah. yeah. But there are a lot of guided meditations, uh, just like there are meditations to find spirit familiars, uh, working partners, uh, to commune with divinity. There are meditations that lead you to find keys to various things. A lot of them are um, more generic astral temples, not necessarily community spaces, but um, like purpose-built spaces that lots of magicians use, simply because that's a lot easier to do in a guided meditation for many people than it is to personalize it, you know? Mm. Um, I'm thinking of things like um, when I was doing, uh, meditation for surgery to help with anesthesia, you know, that was a, a purpose built astral temple space that was provided by my guide, but it, I still filled in the details. Later on, I connected that up to my main astral temple with all these doors. And I have a lot of spaces like that where I went through guided meditation or something like that, working with a group, created this purpose-built pocket uh, space, and then decided I wanted to connect it to other spaces like that. And eventually, for me, developed this cave thing with a bunch of doors that go to all of these spaces. Mm. Well, I do think all those guided meditations do end up creating a pocket space, a pocket dimension, I suppose we could say. It's the best um, way I know to it, describe it. Because yeah, it is it is the best, it is the same visualization over and over again, and, mm -hmm. and loads and loads of people use them. Um, but one person going through that visualization, that path, or I can't really call it path working, um, that guided meditation would enter that space and not necessarily interact with other people that are are using it right there's a difference yeah. between communal and repeated yeah yeah because logically you would think two people using the same guided meditation at the same time and entering the same space and therefore they would interact they would like meet up but you don't mm -mm. you know it's for a specific purpose and it's for your own personal learning or whatever you're using it for even when everyone's all in the same room at the same time, all lying with their heads together, it's not automatic to enter community astral space and be able to interact mm -hmm. with other people. It's much more automatic to create that pocket dimension. Um, and honestly, I think having an astral temple was first described like that when I first read about it in the process of astral projection instead of projecting around the real world 
flying around your neighborhood and on the earth and that sort of thing. The astral temple was this kind of punched out pocket dimension from where we were that was just yours. Mm. You know, it wasn't even necessarily a space on the astral. So, yeah. yeah, I'm trying to remember where I read all that, but it's been so long. Long time ago. Back in the day. I would say it's in one of the Robert books, but do you know how many astral projection books are written by somebody named Robert? <laughs> Monroe. <laughs> I mean, it might be Monroe, yeah. It might be somebody else. I don't know. There's a problem with that in the astrological community, too. Like, three of our huge, huge names in astrological innovation in the last 20 years are Robert. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. So if you're watching this, your name is Robert, start writing a blue book. <laughs> that was not my takeaway from that, but okay. <laughs> yeah. um, I think I think this whole idea, I, I think I brought this up quite a few times on this show, actually. The whole idea of astral. Um, when we say astral, a lot of people immediately think that it's when you lie down at night time and your spirit comes out of your body and goes journeying. But it doesn't always necessarily mean that. Um, if you're doing shamanic journey work or entering into your astral temple, entering into a dream, a dream, a daydream state, um, it's entering a space which is beyond this organic realm. And that can be entered in various ways. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Just, I mean, I, I do it just through meditation and drumming. Yeah. So, it, you know, it's not a case of you have to lie down and you have to bring your spirit out of your body and float it. I mean, there's a lot of there's a lot of methods which you can you can use with that to enter your astral temple and do particular work, but not the only way to get there. Yeah. There's there's a lot of different options and. We generally use astral, at least on this show, as a pretty broad term to cover a lot mm -hmm. of things. We're not necessarily talking about the astral plane versus the seven other planes kind of theory. It's kind of here mm -hmm. and there. So um, astral is a pretty big, broad term. And astral temple is a fairly big, broad term also. It can encompass mm. a lot of different ideas and a lot of different things. So. Yeah. Uh, oh, just popped into my head just now. Now it's gone. Oh, uh -oh. Old age. <laughs> Been a lot of blaming stuff on old age today. I don't know. Mm. Um, if you actually haven't watched our show that we did it's probably a year ago now, um, on dark and light time. Go and watch that as well, because there's a lot of information about um, well, dark and light time. Um, but uh, on astral temples, working with communal astral temples, which we'll talk about now as well. Um, Dr. Zero is here. Hello there. How are you doing? Hello. All right. So communal astral temples. We've done this. Yep. They're, they're pretty awesome. Um, mm. So, a, 
every time I've done it, we've worked through guided meditation because you have to get everyone on the same page and to the same spot, which mm -hmm. means describing way more detail than you would for a regular guided meditation. Way, way more detail. Mm -hmm. um, but the neat thing about communal temples is time is not what you think it is. <laughs> so you don't necessarily have to do it all at the same time to be there at the same time. And if you are doing a ritual which takes an hour in the astral temple, you could be doing it for a week in, or not doing it, but like a week could have passed in the physical. Yeah. Or what used to have these words. Yeah. I, sometimes vice versa, but usually that's the way it happens. It's very shortened in the astral, and it's much longer in the physical as it kind of filters through and manifests which is really a weird sensation when you've already done it in the astral and you know, but then you experience it in the physical five or six days later. Mm. Yeah, mm -hmm. it, it's odd to put together. But in communal astral temples, um, you know, everyone participates in the creation of the visualization, in the creation of the story narrative, in the creation of the spatial relations. And that's really important. You will not get everyone being able to connect into the astral temple if they're not part of the creation process in some way. You can't just have somebody mm. narrate it or describe it and everybody else goes along. It doesn't work. Um, you have to be able to hook in through that creative process. And I think that's a fundamental component of any astral work. If you're not creating, then you're not engaging with that plane, because that's what that plane is. It is the creation point. It is astral, pre-stars. It is the thing before things. It is the thing before physical manifestation. Mm. And so in order to actually, like, get there and have a foot in that world, you have to be creating. So that communal creation process... Um, the best way I know how to describe it that is not magical is playing D&D. Um, everybody in that game is creating a story together. They're all participating. They're all hooking in together. Um, and yes, there is a guide who is kind of got the overarching thing in mind, but that usually changes because everybody's creating together and telling a story together and i think mm. working magic in a communal astral temple is much the same uh, somebody has to have a general overview of what it is you're doing why what the setting probably is you know that sort of thing and that's usually the ritual planning that happens before which is just the same as ritual planning if you were a coven in person you know we want to do xyz we want to make offerings to hestia so we need a place with a hearth we need some fire we need this 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 you know just the same way you would plan a ritual in the physical and then the process comes of engaging in that state um now back when we were working in our coven i know i worked two different ways one way would be like 
light trance and actually typing at the time because we did this all on an email list. I think it was yep. before Yahoo Groups or maybe early Yahoo Groups. I don't no. remember. Maybe it was uh, one it was, list, it was Yahoo, Yahoo Groups. but it was email. And we were all in different mm -hmm. time zones all over the world. So, you know, the emails weren't like bing, 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 bing. They were coming in slowly over the flow of days as we each had time to work. So mm -hmm. sometimes I would go into a light trance state and type what was happening as a narrative. Other times I would do full on astral projection away from my computer, come out of it and then record what happened. Mm -hmm. And they both had pros and cons, you know, strengths and weaknesses for that method. Yeah. But I think, I think in that kind of situation where you are there for a long period of physical time, um, I think we were actually given a warning, um, or it was mentioned later in case we decided to do ourselves with another group. Don't stay there too long. Mm. Yeah. Um, especially for beginners, because it can drain you physically. It's um, it's not the same as being in your own astral temple, which doesn't have that hmm. that problem. I do do I've still often warn people to not stay in their own personal astral temple too long when they start, just in case, just hmm. just as a precaution. <laughs> I found that being in my my own astral temple is very rejuvenating and renewing and invigorating, not hmm. draining, but yeah projecting getting out of my body and going somewhere else can be very draining if done for long periods mm. of time and communal astral temples require that mm. so yeah because i did create a group after um we disbanded that one and uh there were some beginners in there and i do remember um they actually liked it in the astral temple so much they didn't want to leave mm. yeah that can be and, a, a common reaction yeah and they were they did start reporting they were starting to get the cold and flu symptoms and they were feeling weak yeah. they weren't eating properly well uh, it can actually become an addiction yeah that's what i was going to say it can become an addiction it's a ple pleasurable process mm. you know it feels good and so Anything like that can become an addiction. Uh, at, but that's why so many magical systems have uh, physical or martial arts that go along with them. Mm. You have to take care of the physical body. You have to train the physical body while training the astral body. It, it's part and parcel. You cannot go down one road. It has to mm. be a good blend of the two or it, it won't work. It really won't. And... That's from someone who has um, a chronic illness that affects my muscles and my bones and has uh, CFS and exercise problems and everything else. I know how hard it is to maintain a physical exercise regimen when the body does not want to cooperate. Uh, but it is very, very vital. Uh, absolutely mm. vital. Um, and it doesn't have to be going to the gym. It doesn't have to be you know, any of that sort of stuff. Um, but there needs to be a physical component to the process. Um, and I think there needs to be a physical component 
um, to the overall training when you're learning to astral project. Because as soon as you start leaving that body on its own, it better know what to do. Mm. And a lot of us are like, well, our body breathes on its own and the heart pumps and everything else. And you think that. But after a while, mm. no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's really not not nearly as autonomic as you think when you actually separate your consciousness from your body repeatedly. So. No. Uh, Richard, I was just going to your question. Now you've deleted it. Aww. <laughs> don't delete messages. We like messages. We're just yeah. wordy and we don't get there fast enough. We ramble, we ramble a lot. Yeah, we'll get looked, to the questions. It looked like a good question about creating astral temples. Yeah. I always hate that when I'm on Discord and I see a message pop up and I'm like, oh, oh, I'm going to read that as soon as I'm done with whatever is making my hands dirty at the moment, digging in the garden, doing the dishes, whatever. And I go back and I click on it and then nothing is there. <laughs> the message was deleted. searching through all the channels trying to find the message. Maybe yeah. it's in that one. Yeah. <laughs> so please don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> um, what do you do if, if you're in a communal temple and somebody starts being a dick put it bluntly I had I had that problem with, with the one I created Some I went in there one day and some guy was draining energy from other members, telling them that he was going to heal somebody and he needed their power. And he was just draining energy. I'm like, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> so I kicked him out, changed the whole way to get to the astral temple so he couldn't get there anymore. <laughs> yeah, that's what you do. Yeah, you, you kick him yeah. out and you change the locks. Yeah. Uh, but uh, I kind of chuckle when you say that because... Uh, there have been a point where I was the one being the dick. <laughs> <laughs> Not on purpose. I didn't know that's what was going on. And my experience was, well, then you fight about it. <laughs> <laughs> perhaps with words, perhaps in the astral temple with swords. Uh, Why not? But shit manifests <laughs> no matter where you are or how you're you're yeah. interacting with people. Um, but yeah, if you got to kick somebody out, then you need to change the locks, proverbially speaking. Yeah. So here's the, here's the main problem though, is changing the bloody locks. Yeah. I do like the visualization and Howl's moving castle of just changing the castle mm. and how that all works. Because, I mean, that's a, a great example of, uh, an astral temple that is built around Howl. The magician you know no all right let's get over here before richard takes away his comment again oh we're just teasing. Um, <laughs> i was wondering about the time distortion because it happens in my headspace as well yeah it would oh yeah yeah um because in your headspace you are you're basically operating differently to the physical realm um and therefore it's going to move Time's not real. Keep saying this. The linear time you experience is a false filter imposed by physical. 
brain reactions that are actually delayed and desperately trying to put things in the right order and don't always get it. <laughs> but I find that the communal thing, it's short in the astral and long in the physical. But in my personal astral temple, I can have that the other way too. I can go mm -hmm. into my personal astral temple and work for weeks and be back to the physical in an hour. Yeah. So no, it's like if you do like a shamanic journey for to put drumming on for fifteen minutes and it feels like an hour or two. Yeah, yeah. So mm. yeah, time's not real. <laughs> and the more you work in the astral, the more that becomes very readily apparent. Uh, mm. It's just yeah, not a thing. Yeah, um, Galileo said uh, when I made my astral temple, it was a huge hotel. I had lots of magical experiences there, but I left because I got it got hard to visualize and I got bored. Hmm. Well, if it's bored, if you're getting bored, then you need to just switch it. it up. Knock a few rooms down, get the bulldozer in, the big swinging ball. Yeah, or you can just, you know, place. do like I do and hold out my hands and be like, blink, different. <laughs> No, but a big swinging ball and smashing things and everything else can be fun. <laughs> Very true. Not going to knock it. Ha uh ha. -huh. Uh. <laughs> but that's the great thing about, about the astral realm is you can, you can build and create and destroy however you want to. Mm. You know, if you want to physically build a temple with construction or your hands or whatever in the astral, you can do that. And it may, you know, provide wonderful feedback and be a working in and of itself in that process. Um, if you want to just do some, some magical sigil drawing in the air and pop out a new room on the side of your cabin, you can do that. There's lots and lots of mm. options. And you can have more than one astral temple. You can connect them all together, like I was talking about, but you don't have to. Um, you can have some separate places that have different entrances and different places to go. Uh, you know, there's the the limit is really not the sky. It's pre-stars. <laughs> it's bigger than that. So there's not a lot of limitation in that process. Do you ever find that things change appearance on the, on their own? Well, so I had an astral temple where that happened and I eventually locked it up because it wasn't safe in my experience. Mm. And now I do not have a space that is like that. Um, but no, yeah, I had one where stuff would change and stuff would be different when I came back. And at first I just thought, oh, I'm visiting a real place. It changes, so on and so forth. Um, but then it became apparent that that was um, not not a safe way to be functioning for me. And I had a lot of psychic and physical illness connected to those interactions. And so I ended mm -hmm. up locking it up, shutting it off, making it inaccessible. And then that stopped both the things changing mm -hmm. and the problems from it. So.
No, I was asking that because it's a very small thing. Like um, uh, one of my spaces, I've got a like a stone column in the middle with a a flat on the top that I can use on an altar. Went in there one day and all of a sudden there's a flame um, on top of it, which has been there ever since. Hasn't Mm. changed. Um, Small things like that, not not big things all the time. Mm. Well, you know, I think about that. The altar that I have in uh, my wood cabin in one of the places, it's kind of like my personal space I go to to work on myself. It changes very frequently. Mm. But um, it's one of those when I go to the altar, it's different every time because I have different things to work on myself. And it's always a reflection of what I'm going through and what I'm dealing with. Mm. You know, I might go there to improve my physical health and it turns out there's this this thing over here that represents you know there's this anxiety i'm not dealing with oh okay Mm. well that has to be integrated into what i'm doing kind of stuff no i guess i don't Uh, i don't take mm. that as threatening i didn't think about that though when you were talking about things changing Mm. because i had a space i went to that was outside you know, nice big field, some trees off in the distance. And um, I would always go there and it would always be the same moon phase. It wasn't really a moon or a sun, just a luminous ball in the sky in the same spot, same time of day, same ambience. And when I started going and it was different times of day and then the plants would die and new plants would grow and animals would show up in there and that was was not a good place for me to be it was not a controlled safe environment yeah no if it's screwing with your psyche then yeah that's not a good thing um go to the chat auto said uh i couldn't i couldn't type when you guys were talking about um don't bring people into your personal astral temple what about pets what about dead pets I wouldn't Same thing, I'd say. recommend no, it. No. Don't make you, puppets you're... that something else could inhabit. Hmm. Um, I think the I think the main thing to remember here is, as we said, it it's your very it's a very personal space. It's your energy. The entire place is your energy. Uh, if you bring another person's energy into it, or even a pet. Um, then you are going to start tying that energy into yours, which is going to tie you to them, which can get very, very complicated and everything else. Well, um, whatever else living is in your astral temple is you. Not in mm-hmm. the idea that you are separate and cut off and therefore it's just a projection or a reflection, but in the idea that whatever there is going to integrate and become you because there is no other choice because it is the place of creation. Mm. And so, you know, adding any other free willed entity into that will cause that to merge. And it, it never works out well. I mean, magically speaking, these are the stories of, you know, um, centipede and Frankenstein and all of the, putting things together that don't go together Mm. and and it becomes a big problem now if you want to work 
with your dead pets, you can absolutely do that, just not in an astral temple. Not in your astral temple. There are rituals to bring back pets as familiar spirits. There are rituals to enliven and return dead pets into another body that they're willing to take on so that, you know, you can continue to have that relationship. Um, but they're not they're not through the astral process, through the through the astral temple. So yeah, it's a, a place to do magic, but it's not a place to do all magic. There is the possibility of creating a doorway from your astral temple into other worlds. Mm-hmm. But in that case, you've got to make sure you're actually stepping from your temple into the other world and not creating this other world in your astral temple and yep. then yep. try to interact with other beings. Yep. Um, yeah, you've just got to be careful of that. And I think that's why there's such a big difference between communal astral temples where we all journey to a spot together. Hmm and personal astral temples that are exuded out of yourself or yeah. inside yourself, however you want to put that. Those seem to be the same thing to me, even though one goes out and one goes in. Same difference, same way. Mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> it's not real. <laughs> nope, definitely not. I'm also like I'm also a lot sexier than I look, so it's not real. <laughs> <laughs> I clunk um, around in a good. suit of armor on the astral, so eh. <laughs> yeah, well, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Galileo said, well, no, it's Sherlock about the time not being real. <laughs> no, we, yeah, we know. <laughs> Space um, is very fungible, too. Hey, say that again. Space can be very fungible, too, on the astral. Oh, yeah. I have this one field that I've never actually walked across, but I've crossed many, many times. Because, like, mm -hmm. I just want to be on the other side of the field, so it's just, weep! <laughs> you know? I don't fly. <laughs> I don't go through it at high speed. I'm just on the other side. <laughs> that, that's, actually the, that's actually the big difference between um, guided meditations and path working. Path working, you actually find that you go from one spot or visualization to a different one. Yeah, just in an instant. It's that you, know, you don't. Yeah, you don't take a step by step journey. It's like bing bong bong, and then go all over the place. It's a different visualization. Yeah, it's it's folding the paper to pass through the fourth dimension. Mm -hmm. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, Google uh, the tenth dimension here or. YouTube, search on YouTube. There's a short little video that explains it. And I'm sure I have put that link in our temple multiple times because I reference it all the time. Uh, I think the channel's called Tenth Dims or something. Yeah. 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 Tenth Dims. But really helpful to understand a lot of the, the weird non-time, non-spatial things we talk about. Because if we put it in those terms, we do magic in the fifth dimension. Mm. beyond time and space that's where it's magic and sometimes even the sixth dimension so once you understand those kinds of levels and they're not rarity levels it's not rarification that's happening it's uh functional laws that change depending mm. upon what dimension you're in so anyways 
check that out. Um, Autos said, uh, I had come to the conclusion time is not real long before finding news channel, before getting into any of this stuff. Yep. Yeah, personal experience. <laughs> yeah, it's just not real. Just accept it. No, it's not real. Um, <laughs> can things change in the physical world? Yes. Um, in fact, we have mentioned it before, and you'll find it mentioned in other places. I have seen it mentioned. What, in order to manifest something on the physical, it first needs to manifest on the astral, and then it bleeds through to the physical, and that can take roughly putting time on it, which doesn't exist anyway, about two weeks. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> it's, um, a, it's a moon cycle. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's about what it takes. Yeah. So if you, if you go into your astral temple and you create something, you bring it into existence in your astral temple with the intention of manifesting it in the physical, it's going to eventually come through. Mm -hmm. Yeah. My favorite example of that is um, when I was young, uh, my grandparents had a swear jar, right? And so they'd always put coins in the swear jar when they swore. And then uh, in the summer, there'd be, let's all go out for ice cream for the swear jar, which I always thought was kind of funny because like they said, they didn't want to swear, but the more you swore, the more you got this great ice cream party. <laughs> uh, but anyways, so I thought that was great. And one of the things I did in my astral temple when I was young was make a piggy bank. So that every time I was there, I put money in it so that it would manifest in my physical life. And I have since now have a physical piggy bank that looks exactly like the one in the astral that I put money in on the physical that makes more money appear in the astral, that makes more money appear in the physical and back and mm -hmm. forth and back and forth. But like that's that's a classic one. Stick a jar of money in your astral temple and constantly feed it because you're creating that energy at that pure creation point, that wealth mm -hmm. and abundance, you know, um, and then it'll manifest into the physical. That's the best, I don't know, money spell that I know is to do that. Mm. That makes perfect sense. Um, Galilea, can gods enter my astral temple? Mm. Yes. Yep. Um, and this this can end up being a very 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 long discussion about what gods really are mm. whether you know it depends who's viewing it and whose perspective you talk you, you're getting as well so because uh, if we if we okay. say the astral temple is us our, ourselves if en god's entering our temple they become us they are us etc etc yeah that can be a very long discussion yeah True. I mean, all the things we talked about of anything that is in your astral temple that is its own free-willed entity becomes integrated with you still applies. Mm. Which is why it's okay to have gods and ancestors in your astral temple for short periods of time. But it's short periods of time. It's just like mm. if you invoked or evoked a god on the physical. It's a short period of time. It's a time of communion and then the separation that creates integration, but it's not there for a long time. So it's not nearly as damaging. And usually we don't mind being integrated with the gods we are invoking. Right. 
we are looking for that anyways. We are looking for that um, hieroscamos, that holy union. Um, but on the astral, you can also journey to them. You can go to their astral temple. You can go to their place, their place of worship and journey to them and commune with them that way. So um, it doesn't always necessarily need to be a calling into your astral temple, but there's nothing wrong with that. As long as it's approached as a temporary thing, you would not invite the God to move in and stay. And I don't think a God would be able to move in and stay. Yeah. You know, that's too limiting. Mm. Um, Butcher said, I think I'm starting to understand where Kai talks about stepping out and Lee is talking about stepping in. Same place, stepping inwards to stepping outwards. Yep. That's yeah, they're the same thing. One, one big mishmash, timey-wimey, thingy-majobby. Yeah. Well, and I also, I mean, one of the reasons we're doing this show is because Lee and I have talked about magic together for years and years and years and yet we practice differently mm. we've worked together successfully but we have different ways of describing things we have different understandings and yet it's very similar and so being able to share that with other people and show that you know how you language it how you conceptualize it can still be roughly the same magic and compatible i think is important mm. Because a lot of people do get on the, well, if you're not on my path, if we're not of the same tradition, then we can't work together and I don't understand what you're talking about. And I'm not saying that there is universal magic. I'm saying that we can talk across a lot of these techniques and we have a lot of things in common. Mm. And it is about, it is a lot about conversation, communication, explanation, because I find it a lot of times somebody's not just one person, lots of people are talking about the same thing over and over again. And this term just keeps coming up. And then all of a sudden somebody um, replies to something sort of explaining the term and then realize, Oh, that's what I call X, Y, and Z. Mm -hmm. And I have for like years and years, but now I understand what they're talking about and therefore I can, I can talk to them about it. I just might call it something different. Mm -hmm. That's all. Um, it's all about talking, communication. Yeah, lots and lots of back and forth. Mm. Um, Galloway said, can I just say I'm so grateful for this video because it's it helps me so much as a novice practitioner. It's our pleasure. Um, yeah, I got it. Lady Capera. This kind know. of thing was the thing I loved the most when I was, you know, a young witch. Uh, being able to sit around after coffee, after ritual, and listen to the experienced practitioners talk like this. Mm. It was amazing. It was where I learned tons of stuff. Uh, where I was able to parse out the stuff I was reading in books and the experiences I was having and that sort of thing. So, yeah. This is our, our kitchen table witchy coffee time. <laughs> well, I, I found that with uh, the old Yahoo groups, really, because... I'd be in a group and people would be talking back and forth about this topic. And especially when I started um, exploring traditional witchcraft and I was on Robin's groups and I didn't understand a thing they were saying, <laughs> <laughs> but I carried on reading and reading. And then all of a sudden I started picking up threads and 
starting to understand what they were talking about. And then it started making sense. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, a lot of this stuff is um, really difficult to language. It really is. Uh, Lady Capera said, hit our soul temple on the astral. Okay. <laughs> yep. Yep. There's a lot of different terms for it in a lot mm. of different uh, traditions. So, mm. like I said, I really think that it's still going on. There's just another term for it, and I don't know what it is. Yeah. Words have changed. Um, Galileo, so my astral temple can rebel against me. You can rebel against yourself, yes. Yeah, yeah. Well, we often rebel against ourselves. We're often our own yes, worst so, enemies. Uh, yeah, and Galileo yeah. said, uh, or asked, uh, so my astral temple is me. Yes, mm -hmm. it's definitely you. Mm -hmm. um, and you may set it up like that very consciously, on purpose, or not. Mm. You know, it doesn't have to be very uh purposeful in that way but i find it years of working it will manifest in that way and it's it's very useful as well mm -hmm. um but I, I mean yeah if you think about it what um richard was saying just now um stepping inwards and stepping outwards um i talk about going inwards into an inner temple an astral temple and so that's going into yourself so it's you but if you step outwards, then you are stepping beyond your physical body um, into a space which is more you, because you can explore yourself better if you step out of yourself or beyond yourself. Yeah. Kind of like writing writing things down and getting them out of your head type of thing. Yeah. I'm also an that animist that believes that, you know, everything has a soul and all souls are connected. In fact, we are like cells in a body kind of analogy you know we're all part of a, a greater organism a greater machine a greater interconnectedness um mm. so that going outside of myself makes sense to me mm. because i want to to go hook into that greater experience more so than my isolated personal experience you know i want a, a broader vision britablick I want that hope. Um, so, but that's because of my worldview and my practice and my understanding. That's how I language that. But, mm. I mean, we're going the same places. We're getting, you know, we're doing the same thing. Mm. And it is very much about how, what you've, well, what you've learned over the years and how you've come to actually learn it. I mean, yeah. I go inwards because I go into the nil center. Through the nil center, I expand into everything. Yeah, and I like to fly off the handle. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, Lady Capel's got to run driving back to Can Carson City from Reno. Okay, mm. well, drive safe as well. Uh, all right, do you want to talk about anything else? Any questions? If anybody's got questions, ask yeah. Me. No, if we missed anything we talked mm. about keys um journey journey is important even though um you might be going in you need a you need a process to get there it's not a blink mm. it's not i'm here and then i'm there 
whether you're going out in wherever you're going, you need a you need a process, you need a journey, you need an induction phase. Um, and we could talk about all the, the brainwave and training that needs to happen, how long it takes your brainwave to change from alpha to theta cycles, uh, to go from a beta state to an alpha state, which takes a bit too, um, to be able to relax fully for, you know, the melatonin releases to happen. There's all that sort of stuff we could talk about too, but you need time. You need physical time. After we all just talked about time's not real. Uh, the physical body has some chemical processes going on and it takes some time. So, um, you can't just blink in and out of the astral temple real quick. You have to have a process to get there. And for a lot of people, you, engaging one of those three uh, main senses, narrative, spatial, or visualization, is that process. That it, And once you get there, usually you have a little more freedom in how you're going to interact. But that needs to be very much a repeated ritualistic thing. You need to use mm -hmm. the same thing again and again. Yes, you can make tweaks to it over time. Yes, you can refine it. But it needs to be like a ritual. And that it, you come back to it again and again. And it becomes a ritual trigger in the process. You know, I mentioned I go into a painting so I can walk through a forest. So I can come to a cave and then I go underground. And then I end up in the room with all the doors to go where I want to go. And it's it's... Mm -hmm. It's quite a process. It takes me some time to get there. And when I've tried to just blink in and out, it doesn't work. It doesn't actually get me to the temple. It gets me to what I call false temples or dream temples that are just temporary pockets of the astral that won't have the impact that repeatedly working in the astral will. Because yeah. I, I, I mean, I have a particular process that I take to get to mine. And I actually tried um, doing a proper journeying, but changing the journey itself to get to the same place. And it was really weird because it was like I was there, but I was almost like there was a skin over it and mm -hmm. I, was, I wasn't interacting properly with it. It was really strange. I couldn't, I couldn't actually explain it, but, you know. Yeah. So, you know... Um, yeah, work on work on that journey. Refine that. Mm -hmm. Make sure that it's and something you like over and, over and use it over and over again. Mm -hmm. um, Galileo said, uh, I made a sigil as a key so everyone is compelled to knock. I took inspiration of keys of Hecate and Jurev Rev uh, talking of keys as your astral in your astral temple. Yeah. Yeah. Keys you can find in your astral temple, keys you can or don't have to create to open your astral temple. I do that. I doesn't do that. Um, so many layers. Yeah, yeah, many layers. It needs to be. It needs to be like a ritual. It's the best thing I have to describe. That induction process, mm -hmm. that journey process, to actually get there, and then. So. I think at first it's really difficult to tell, am I really in the astral or am I just like making this up, you know? And the best way I think to figure that out is look for the manifestation. 
look for the physicality of it. Is it working? Is it doing something? Um, mm. And if you're if you're not doing something that would have a physical manifestation early on, pick something and do it. Um, because you may end up mucking about in your mind, mucking about in your soul, and having effects you don't want to have uh, if you're not really in your astral temple. Mm. Yeah. <clears throat> All right. I think we're done. I think so. We've, we've talked round and round here. Yeah. And hopefully we've touched on all the things, if not answered all the questions. All right. And I will put, see, I'll just double check that it was Color of Magic, but it was way ahead last time I checked. So I'll put the Color of Magic up tomorrow. And we will do the um, the next what's on the telly poll, which will be Spirited Away or Warlock movies. Mm-hmm. There you go. See, making notes. Um, <laughs> we do the bloody poll. <laughs> yes. <laughs> we write things down too. You should be careful what you say on the internet and we'll clip shit out. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I should take my own advice, but you know. <laughs> mm, yes. Uh, Galilea said, uh, I forgot to say to knock on my door, but still, thank you. That's a pleasure. Okay, so we'll see you next next week. We were talking about labyrinths. <laughs> Labyrinth, yes. I wanted to talk about that, and then I couldn't remember. Mm. <laughs> yep. So next yep. week, labyrinths. labyrinths. All right. Uh, so if you are watching this for the first or watching us for the first time, check out the link in the description and. Uh, Join us in the Discord on the Discord server or Facebook as well as Temple, or go and check out our reviews twice a month on the supporter channels Patreon and Kofi. And uh, oh, here we go, definitely spirited away. Yes, spirited away. Thank you both. This was a great chat, and we got a lot of interaction. Yes, we did. It was a great chat today. I yep. really enjoyed Thank it. Thank you all so much for being here um, and for chatting with us and asking questions and sharing your experiences. This show would not be uh, much if, if you all weren't here interacting yeah. with us. So thank you so much. Yeah. If you weren't here and asking us questions and giving us comments and everything else, we'd just be droning away like boring people. <clears throat> yes. Or just off on something about, you know, Julian Sands. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, Deborah. You're late. We're going now. Oh. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> Sorry, we missed you. All right, so we'll see you next week. Labyrinths, have a good one. Bye. Bye-bye, everybody. Thank you for joining us today in the Black Hat Chat. Have a look in the description of this podcast or in the About section for all of our links, and tune in next week for another exciting chat.